Welcome to Chronosphere Fiction. This is your pilot, Daniel French, and I am so happy to see some passengers aboard for another episode of Generation Zombie. For my Generation Z fans, I'm going to warn you ahead of time that some casting has changed over the last couple years or so as the ravages of the virus have uh, made some people float away. But I'm confident if you're into the show, you'll be able to recognize the characters easily and the new actors and actresses are mentioned at the end in the credits. We've arrived. The spectral streams are about to dump us off on the surface of Generation Zombie. So enjoy Season 2, Episode 2, written by Stephen Chisholm. Unknown Expiration Date. Dead Zone 6, Porterville Town Hall. You certainly have exquisite taste in furniture, Schumacher. Is this desk of yours mahogany? Oh, nothing so lavish, I'm afraid. It, it's cherry wood. Nevertheless, a fine piece. Lieutenant Ramsey, you have the battle plans for Embalmer's Field on hand? Yes, sir. Place it on the desk, if you will. You really do have this raid all planned out. Yes, but there's been a slight change in plans. Change in plans? Pardon the interruption, sir. What is it, Private? Corporal Cooper is here to see you. Let him in. It's done. Yes, I can smell the smoke on your uniform. You did a fine job, Corporal. Thank you, sir. Proud to serve the lifeguard. I hope you understand why I had you do that. To prove my loyalty to the ULZ. And uh, to preserve the sanctity of the living... Yes, but you must understand what led Leanne to such unfortunate circumstances. Carelessness, sure, but we wouldn't be discussing her premature departure if not for the actions of your sister. It was not that I forced your hand, nor was it your own free will. Samantha, your own blood, was the one who set the blaze. It was treason that reduced Leanne to ashes. Do you understand, Corporal? I understand that she must pay for her crimes. Good. Now that I'm assured of your allegiance, I must say... You've arrived at the perfect time. You have an assignment for me, sir. Oh, yes. One that involves Mr. Schumacher here. Me? You see this beautiful desk, Corporal? Cherrywood, I've been told by Schumacher. Where once this material was a great tree, producing oxygen for us living folk, now it is mere lifeless timber. But despite being felled, it still serves a purpose. Not nearly as noble a purpose as when it was living, but nonetheless it functions as a desk on which to plan our annexation of Embalmersfield. Schumacher is much like this tree. He once lived a nobler life, but had that privilege stripped away by undeath. Despite his breathless existence, he's still here to serve a purpose, and it's up to you, George, to see that he fulfills his obligation to the living. I gave you Porterville. What more can I do? Captain, here are the plans you asked for. Thank you, Lieutenant. Corporal, would you kindly take a look at these? It's... if you don't mind my asking, what am I looking at, Captain? Allow me to explain, George. This line here, this is you and Schumacher. You have us... you have us heading to Embalmersfield? Alone? Correct. As devoted as I am to your cause, you can't expect me to go on the suicide mission. This isn't a preliminary attack. At least not in the way you two are envisioning. 
George here simply to escort you to the outer perimeter of Embalmer's Field, a chaperone of sorts, to ensure that you're not beset upon by any free-roaming lifeguards. Am I some offering to the enemy? I don't understand. Schumacher, you're going to seek sanctuary in the city of Embalmer's Field. You're going to be the mayor who braved the battle and escaped. And when they welcome you with warm blankets and hot cocoa, or whatever it is your kind do for comfort, you're going to cozy up to Governor Lewin. She's no doubt caught wind of the annexation of Porterville, and who better to trust with their defense plans than someone who's faced the might of the ULZ themselves? Schumacher, I'm once again asking you to be our man on the inside. I... I'm confident your faith in the ULZ has not wavered. No, no, it has not. Thank you. And you, Corporal, I know I can trust you with delivering the mayor to his destination. Yes, sir. Excellent. Ramsey has been kind enough to outline your route. Follow that path closely and you shouldn't run into trouble. Do you have any questions? Yes, Captain. When do we start? Meet Ramsey at sunset by the northwest entrance to Porterville. He'll get you both situated. Will do, sir. You're dismissed, Corporal. And me? You're free to leave too, Schumacher. Okay, I'll see you in Embalmer's Field, Roberts. Look forward to it. Oh, one more thing, Mayor. Uh, what's that? What the, what the hell did you do that for? You can't expect him to think you got out of Porterville completely unscathed, can you? Dead Zone 1. Crisis room in the White House. Tired. You're tired? You can take a nap right here. I want my bed. You can have your bed after I'm through talking with my friends here. Mrs. Knox, pardon my manners, but is it necessary that your child be privy to our conversations? Privy! If only there was someone I could trust to watch her. Someone you can trust? Madam, is everything okay? What about her usual caretaker, Margaret? Bad Margaret! I apologize for my tardiness, Mrs. Knox. Apology not necessary. But before you come in, can I have a quick word with you outside? Of course. Excuse me, please. Come on, Marie. Has she said anything yet? She's remaining tight-lipped, madam, but I'm confident she's withholding something from us. We've just begun a search of her quarters. If something comes up, you'll be the first to know. How long can we reasonably hold Margaret? <sighs> We're certainly running out of time. Legally, she can remain detained for another 12 or so hours. Then let's hope we can get something out of her by then. Come on, let's get back in there. Mrs. Speaker, Senator, you both have my sincerest apologies for the delay. Speaker Harper, Senator Michaels, always a pleasure. Welcome, General. Yes, uh, hello. Hi. I called this meeting to discuss any further intelligence you all may have gathered. As you're all well aware, the Vice President remains on a diplomatic mission in the Zombies Republic of China. With her absence extending until the eve of the centenary, it's fallen on us to determine our next steps. I'll reiterate what I said during our last meeting. As I'm sure the Senate Majority Leader would agree, I believe appropriate action is to quell this rogue lifeguard unit and seek reparations after. As Danton said, there's no need to declare war. Even if you wanted to, madam, you do not have the votes in Congress to pass a formal declaration of war. But speaking of Danton, 
I've yet to establish any communication with him since touching down in the ULZ. Though with President Knox's recent correspondence, it appears negotiations are still underway, despite this misstep from LZ4. Misstep? With all due respect, Mrs. Speaker, it was a goddamn genocide. And you're seeing to it that it doesn't happen again. Am I correct? The 40th Infantry will touch down in Embalmers Field within the hour. But further lives are at stake. If the Consul is unable to gain control over this rogue regiment, there is sure to be bloodshed. Congress is not yet prepared to declare war, General. Did you hear any utterance of that word leave my lips, Senator? No, I did not. But we've received reassurance from President Knox himself that the ULZ has this situation under control. Let us not also forget that Embalmersfield is also receiving the help of LZ-11. And if evidence points to the contrary? Then you will have the full support of Congress to do as you please. Just know that the Commander-in-Chief also has a say. I've communicated our response to LZ-1, and they are aware of our accompanying reinforcements in Embalmersfield. Both regiments have received orders not to engage with one another and to instead address the threat from LZ-4. Pardon me if I take less credence in their reassurances. A division of their army has lain waste to a town full of innocence, after all. The time for drastic steps is not now. I think we all agree our top priority is stamping out this band of saboteurs. I miss Dad. Nevertheless, the president is still engaging in negotiations with the consul. And until he's... Can someone see who that is? Excuse the interruption, madam. We've just received further correspondence from the president. Another recording? So soon? Yes, Mrs. Knox. Well, if you could all pardon me while I listen to this, I'd be greatly appreciative. I will send for you when we can resume this meeting. General, if you wouldn't mind sticking around for this. Oh, of course, Mrs. Knox. Oh, it's great to hear my husband's voice, General, but I can't shake the feeling that something's off. I don't think you need me to tell you my position on the matter. I mean, I always knew communication with the ULZ was shoddy, but how is it I'm not able to speak directly to him? I agree with your suspicions. Something isn't adding up, which is why I took the liberty of tacking on some extra reinforcements to Embalmersfield. Extra reinforcements? What do you mean? I've directed the 75th Ranger Regiment to defend Embalmersfield. Jesus, General, you don't think that's just a little overkill? With two ULZ regiments converging on the city, friend or foe, we can't be too careful. <sighs> Let's hope our suspicions are false then. Bad now? Soon. Very soon. Dead Zone 6. The governor's office in zonal capital, Embalmersfield. And that's when Sheriff Dietz helped us escape. We were pursued by the lifeguard, but we were fortunate enough to shake them before arriving here. I'm speechless. Are you sure of what you saw? Yep. Homicidal soldiers in training. Zombies in cages. And I can attest to everything following their arrival in Porterville, Governor Lewin. If what you say is true, we must get word to the president. Good luck with that. From what I hear, he's so entrenched in those peace negotiations in the consulate, hardly anyone can get a hold of him. I'll make some calls. The public must be made aware of these zombie traffickers. Who knows how many ULZ loyalists reside within our borders? 
And what could they be doing with these poor kidnapped folk? Target practice for one, immolations, who knows what else. They'd run out of matches if they were to execute every captured zombie. Nick's right. My brother talked about lifeguard members being ordered to transport cargo to LZ-1. Conveniently, those missions were around the time a whole batch of zombies would suddenly go missing from our cells. Oh, George. I wonder how wrapped up in this mess he is. <sighs> well, let's hope we can rely on those troops coming from LZ-11. Come again? LZ-11 troops? That's right. You've probably been a bit preoccupied, but the Consul has offered the help of LZ-11's lifeguard to defend Embalmersfield against the rogue lifeguard units. Fortunately, we've received words that the 40th Infantry will be touching down any minute. So in the event that LZ-11 is a Trojan horse, our troops should handily stamp that out. A lifeguard regiment ordered to protect zombies? <laughs> I'd never thought I'd hear anything like that. Lifeguard soldiers, at least where I'm from, are taught to despise the undead, taught to kill them at any and every opportunity. Governor, they're called lifeguard for a reason. They would never raise a hand to their own. Do you expect me to just call off their reinforcements? <laughs> I'm afraid it's a bit late for that. What's that supposed to mean? The LZ-11 troops are set to arrive by tomorrow morning. Can you order them to camp just beyond the border? Or at least intercept LZ Force Force south of here? Allowing lifeguard within the city is a recipe for disaster. Oh, for Christ's sake, I'm not a tactician, but they're landing in the airfield on the outskirts of the city. I've been in communication with General Adams, and he assured me that we have the full support of the federal government. My heart goes out to the people of Porterville, truly. It was unforgivable what those LZ soldiers did, but we have something they didn't have. Time and a whole lot of guns coming our way then use this time wisely and find a way to keep those soldiers out of your city. Okay, but right now, those reporters are tearing at each other's flesh to find out about you lot. I need to give the people answers. Once this press conference is over, I'll consider negotiating LZ-11's defensive position. Uh, well, by then it could be too late. Listen, I know you all have been through hell, but there's nothing to worry about here in Embalmersfield. Sam, you and your mother have known nothing but the LZ your whole life, but we here in the DZ are well-versed in the might of our military. If you think even two LZ regiments can stand against one of ours, you're sorely mistaken. This girl ain't been wrong yet. I urge you at least consider what she said. Like I said, it's been taken into consideration. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to address the people. You're making a mistake taking this so lightly. Help yourselves to whatever you need. This is why I always say, you can never rely on a politician. Living Zone 1, a crisis room in the Consular Palace. I'm starving. This meeting was supposed to start half an hour ago. The catering is on its way, your consulship. This shouldn't be taking so damn long. Not at all. The script wasn't nearly as comprehensive as the previous one. I apologize for my tardiness. The president was not very cooperative. If he wants to continue playing games, he can see just how serious we were about our threat. Believe me, I kept reminding him about his daughter, but 
the man's at the end of his rope. Can't blame him, really. Being outsmarted by someone working right under your nose must be a significant blow to your ego. <sighs> as long as he continues to do our bidding, we won't have to take any unnecessary steps. Leave it to the UDZ to elect such a stubborn, impertinent leader. Nevertheless, Danton, you can take a seat now. General Wilkes, I trust LZ-11 is still en route to Embalmer's Field? Landing tomorrow is scheduled. From the airfield, they will march into Embalmer's Field and set up a loose, albeit staged perimeter within the southern border of the city. Fortunately, we are able to enroute more gas canisters to their regiment from LZ-7. So, they'll be well-equipped to take Embalmer's Field. Of course, the remaining variable is when Captain Roberts intends to launch an invasion on Embalmer's Field. Has no one communicated the plans to him? No. He will not know anything of this until the day of his attack. An LZ-11 messenger will relay the plan to him on the day. But Captain Roberts is too much of a liability to wantonly relinquish such information. Yes, I've been assured by Dr. Megan that the canisters LZ-11 have on hand should be enough to cover Embalmer's Field and the surrounding districts. The canisters will remain on the C-130s stationed in the airfields after arrival. Just before the LZ-4s attack, they'll take off with a skeleton crew to loose the canisters over the city's defenses and most populous neighborhoods. There's likely to be creases in coverage, but our forces should be able to eliminate any surviving targets. Is there a plan to hold the city? According to the wind predictions, the gas should make the region uninhabitable to the undead for at least a full 24 hours and the canisters should cause minimal damage to the city's infrastructure. We have LZ-10 on standby. When given the order, they will reinforce Embalmer's Field and man the defenses abandoned by the UDZ's troops. Their armaments will make a lovely addition to our military. Precisely, your councilship. Despite this change in pace, our invasion should go off without a hitch and Dr. Megan's shipments continue to remain on schedule. It won't be much longer until every one of our regiments has enough gas to extinguish an entire city. Ah, and may the living prosper once more. I've got it. Maybe it's lunch. No, it appears lunch isn't quite ready. Well, then who's at the door? Greetings, Consul. Ah, yes. Doctor, please come in. I'm afraid I have some unfortunate news. Go on. It's the White House, sir. We've lost communication with our woman on the inside, Margaret. She never filed yesterday's vaccination report for Marie. Would it be that she simply forgot? She's a very capable professional, sir. She's not one to forgo something so important as this. Wait, you're saying that Marie hasn't received her latest vaccination? And without you there, Danton, we have no one else to administer it. What will happen to the girl if she doesn't receive the vaccine? Will she simply re-zombify? The vaccine triggers a response in the patient's bone marrow. Think of it as jump-starting a car. Every injection stimulates the body's stem cells, which in turn produce white blood cells. At some point, her body may retain the ability to produce its own white blood cells. But for now, the vaccine is the only thing setting this production in motion. Over time, her immune system will become weaker 
as these cells die off, and, given her apparent immunity to zombification, the common cold alone could be enough to kill her. Thereby giving up our leverage over Knox. Precisely. That is, of course, worrying. But more concerning still is Margaret. How do you mean, Danton? I've noticed she was growing a subtle affinity for the child. Assuming she's been detained, I'm not so sure how long she can keep her lips sealed when it's Marie's life on the line. She'd betray the ULZ for one of them. With all due respect, your consulship, not one of them. She is indeed one of the living now. Though for how long, I don't know. Living Zone 1, the cell block beneath the Consular Palace. Guards, someone, anyone, something's wrong with this man. <coughs> I think this man's sick. Anyone? I'm coming, I'm coming. He just started gripping his stomach, rolling around on the ground, moaning and such. Please. Christ, man, you look paler than this lumbering stiff next door. Never mind that. This man clearly needs help. I can't... I can't... Please. But, uh... Let me go get a doctor. This guy is a doctor. Just... Just compressions. Please. CBR? I ain't done anything like that since I was a greenhorn in the lifeguard. Don't suppose they teach you any first aid in the UDZ, huh? What? Of course not. Just do as he tells you. Look, he's miming it now. How do I know? He's not faking it. I don't think it's normal for your kind to be that color. Besides, he's half your size. <laughs> ah, hell. I can't have another prisoner die on my watch. It'll be off to LZ5 for me. Hurry. Okay, so... Uh... Lay still, why don't you? Okay, I, I just place my hands here and... Uh, what the hell? Let go of my rifle! I said stop, let's go! Dr. Schneider? No, you... you killed him. I didn't kill nobody. And you're going to corroborate that story or else I'll make sure you're the first in line in our next barbecue, you understand? You already took my son from me. Your worst can't beat that. Look, I'm just asking you to tell the truth of it, got it? Yes. You did it. Great job. You're right. You kind of really can't feel a thing. I'm sorry you got shot. That wasn't part of the plan. Do you know if that life-restoring vaccine you guys got will work with a hole in your chest? Tempt fate by saying I have almost nothing to lose, and then this happens. I unfortunately know little of what the vaccine does outside a brief explanation from that homicidal maniac, Dr. Megan. If they intend to use it on the UDZ... Especially with the state of decay on most citizens, then I presume it'll work on me. Besides, the bullet nearly missed my heart. Well, here's hoping it works. By the way, I appreciate your sacrifice. 
I really underestimated how quickly the virus would take hold. Roy, but let's get a move on. I'm sure all this commotion will eventually garner some attention. Not to mention, that jailer seemed like he had a thick skull, so he could be up at any moment. Okay. Why is it? The Grayson guards always have such heavy sets of keys. Oh, and don't forget the rifle. Rifle? Do you know how to use this thing? You don't think I'd pass up on the chance to fire guns at my armor prototypes, did you? Yeah, makes sense. Now get me out of here, and let's go find Nick. Your cast of characters. Scene 1. Captain Roberts was played by Pete Lutz. Mayor Schumacher is Scott Slagle. Lieutenant Ramsey is played by Van Riker. George Cooper is J. Dean Garcia. Scene 2. Charlotte Knox is voice acted by Ilana Labarine. Marie Knox is voice acted by Caitlin Curtis. Senator Harper is voice acted by Andrea Richardson. Senator Michaels is voice acted by Anne Greist. General Adams is Rich Green. Scene 3. Samantha Cooper is played by Victoria Fonsky. Governor Lewin is voice acted by M.A. Dorfler. Nick Hobbs is played by Joe Brillian. Sheriff Dietz is Daniel French. And Susan Cooper, Samantha's mom, is Nina Bricko. Scene 4. Consul Nathaniel is Blake Benlin. Vice Counsel Calhoun is Caitlin Curtis. Benjamin Danton is voice acted by Spencer J. Frederick. General Wilkes is played by Van Riker. Lars is Daniel French. And Dr. Megan is Rosanna Jimeno. Scene 5. Henry Hobbs is played by Pete Lutz. Dr. Schneider is voice acted by Spencer J. Frederick. And the jailer is Nina Bricko. This episode of Generation Z was written by Stephen Chisholm, who also writes Corporate Punishment. Production, editing, mixing, sound design, music, and mastering is by Daniel French at Fishbonius Sound Design. Thank you for joining me on the Chronosphere. This is your pilot, Daniel French, once again reminding you, Keep your cosmos clean. <laughs>